So let's just read the scripture again. So we've been... Di- no, don't, no, you don't have to go. <laughs> no. So I sent out a message to some people saying, please pray for me. I can't cope. So there we go. But oh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Don't you just love Jesus? Don't you just love Jesus? You know, there's times when we just think, Lord, we can't, I just can't cope. Um, I just can't cope. And my mind was blank, and I just like, I can't do this, Lord. And then the Holy Spirit started to minister, and Jesus was there, and um, I was on my knees. I had to confess a whole lot of sin. Um, just things I'd missed along the way, his provision, his goodness, and then ministry of the Spirit, just incredible. Um, so there we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 to 10. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I just need to blow my nose. So really, quite, quite a beautiful scripture. Um, and the word that kept coming through my head is, as I started reading this a few weeks ago um, is a sentence, what are we wearing? What are we wearing? What clothing do we have on? And just a very quick overview of the scripture. Firstly, it speaks a lot about eternal life. Okay, that's what this thing is. The body is temporary. I mean, we know that. We are born to die, but depressing, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, and there's those, I think, you know, the people who want to change the world and have their brains frozen and transplanted in 100 years. I think, why, for heaven's sake? You know, didn't you have a good life this time around? Um, you know, make the best of today. Um, you know, a bit odd, but hey. Um, so our body is temporary. Um, when we die, we go to an eternal reward. 
And it's the home and the house that God has prepared for us in heaven. Um, I've been hugely blessed to be, um, maybe it's not a blessing, but to be with both my parents as they've been, um, as they've died, um, to be there present with them. And it's a reality. Um, some of it's horribly normal. Um, but the presence of God in that situation, number one, it, it's taken fear of death away from me. It used to freak me out a bit, like, you know, we're going to die. Um, but being there in both instances, the ministry of the Spirit in that, that sort of hour of death is quite incredible. So for me, it's not just a theory. It's, it's not a theology. Um, it's, it's a real deep thing in here that as, as the body is dying, there is this incredible birth into life. Does that make, make sense? Yeah? Um, and and it's, it's, we could feel it. It was tangible, both with my dad and with my mom. And real ministry of the Spirit. And um, Jesus himself says in, in John 14, verses 2 and 3, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back. And in my home, there may, uh, in, my, in heaven, there are many mansions. So Jesus himself has promised this. Okay, and Paul is now speaking, he's sending this letter, and he's saying, this body is going to die, it's fading away, but there is eternal life. There is a place, and I love, I hate camping, anybody else? I mean, the thought of a tent, just, (laughs) so, you know, in my mind, it's the Savoy in heaven, butlers, yeah, room service, perhaps a spa. Um, a tent uh, doesn't do it for me at all. And so to me, I like this, yeah? I like the imagery of this tent. It's something that can be folded up, packed up, destroyed. You can move it here, then everywhere, as opposed to a house. And I love the word from Yvonne, the rock, the foundation. It's something solid, yeah? Not something that can blow over in the wind, or get rained through and mud and ugh. So we have this promise of eternal life. It is the constant. It is the I am, as opposed to a tent that is breaking down, fading. We have that promise of eternal life. Another thing that I drew from this passage is the longing and desire to be with God. And there are times when we're we're faced with daily walk, when we're faced with um, life, and life is good. We're out there, we're doing stuff. And perhaps that desire to be with God seems a bit remote because life here is good. Um, But this speaks about the gift of the Holy Spirit He is our guarantee of that spiritual afterlife, that we will be regenerated in the afterlife. The amazing thing with the Holy Spirit is that we, right now, right here, can experience heaven. We can, right here, 
right now experience heaven because of the gift of the Holy Spirit in us. We have heaven in us because of Christ Jesus. We have that gift that you can go into um, a time of prayer. You could perhaps be walking somewhere. I mean, that song, you know, if the stars will worship you, so will I. Now, just think about that. Think about the cosmos and that somehow you fit into that. And if you think about it and look at that through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, he lifts our vision. Yeah? And we are somehow participating in this incredible creation with the stars, the rocks, the earth. We are part of it. And we can touch heaven because of the Holy Spirit. It gives us that taste. The third thing I've taken from this is that here we walk by faith and not by sight. And, I mean, some people get very carried away with this. Um, and, and to me, walking by faith is that daily walk. Yes, they're the big things, you know, where you're called to go to Mars and set up a mission, or, you know, you have to walk on the water over there, or you've got to heal the sick here. Whatever it might be, for me, it's about a daily walk with God. When we are born again and we've come to salvation, and we accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our thinking starts to change. For me, faith is that all things become possible. No matter what I am faced with, <laughs> all things are possible. Yeah, For me, that is faith. That is getting up in the morning, commuting into London, dealing with what I've got to deal with, or any one of us, and living Christ in that thing. That to me is faith. We start to see the bigger picture. When we accept Christ Jesus, when we start to worship, when we um, are participating in this incredible cosmos, heavenly stuff, it takes us out of where we are and starts to change our mindset to a heavenly mindset. Yeah? I don't even worry anymore too much about targets and outputs. What I think about when I'm walking in a factory is, am I sowing seed? Is the Holy Spirit in me watering somebody else's seed? Am I speaking life or am I speaking death? It takes the pressure off us because suddenly I recognize I am just part of a bigger thing. The, the stress levels, just it all comes off because actually 
It's not about me. <laughs> it's about his plan and his purpose here. And to me, this is about walking by faith and not by sight. Things become possible. We get that earthly view. I have to mention the judgment seat. I sort of wrestled a bit about this because I come from that very um, sort of heavy evangelical background um, where it was all condemnation. <laughs> um, and, you know, from being tiny, it was in your face. You know, you're going to have to account. And <laughs> but really what God laid on my heart is, um, for me, it's about living today as Christ would have us live. So when I get there, amen, um, and I meet Jesus face to face, am I going to be able to say that I was obedient to his call? Did I love others as he loved me? Did I forgive as I have been forgiven? Am I being merciful as he was merciful? Am I taking care of strangers? I am a stranger in this land, but am I inviting strangers to take care of them? Am I feeding the hungry? Am I setting captives free? And really, we can get very heavy about this stuff. But at the core of it, are we being obedient to those basic things Jesus told us to do? Are we looking at life through the eyes of the Holy Spirit? Or are we looking through our, our sight? And it's about being obedient, forgiving, loving, doing justice, speaking up when we need to speak up, bringing peace into conflict situations. I believe when we come before the throne, these are the sort of things we're going to have to speak about. <laughs> Did we love justice? Are we merciful? Have we loved? Have we forgiven? And the way I handle the sort of stuff to share from experience is that basically every night I take five or six, ten minutes, fifteen, thirty, depending on the day, and I just allow the Holy Spirit to, to run through what did I say, what did I do, did I offend anybody, was I a bit brisk, which I can be, um, did I miss an opportunity, did I miss something? And I just, every evening, just repent. And it's not a big religious thing. Um, sometimes I'm on my bed, <laughs> light out, and saying, oh, Lord, you know, I'm really sorry about that. Or I saw that, Lord, and I didn't thank you for that blessing. And it's just keeping a short account. And if you do that every day, yeah, and just ask him as you get up in the morning, give me your eyes today. Let me see the impossible. Let me see through your eyes. I want to come on to clothing. And here for me, it, this really got to me. We have physical clothing. 
here, and we have spiritual clothing. And I'm indulging my sort of thing here, okay, with with the whole clothing thing. So throughout the Bible, (laughs) there are 257 references to garments. Hair garments, undergarments, overgarments. I mean, it must have been great. Um, The priestly garments are incredible. We have um, in Exodus 31, Leviticus, the description of these priestly garments. Phenomenal. Considering these guys were living in a desert somewhere with you know, no electricity or water to manufacture their goods. This is all made by hand loom. Um, We have Isaiah 64 with filthy garments saying, your stuff is dirty, take it off, burn it, bury it, get rid of it. We have Genesis 37, Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat, yeah? Stunning, (laughs) stunning. We have the prodigal son, What happens when he comes home eventually? What happens? Yeah, his father clothes him in the best stuff. Yeah? This thing about the physical clothing, very, very evident throughout Scripture. But the spiritual clothing is equally important. And here... In this chapter, or in these verses, Paul is speaking about the spiritual clothing. We clothe ourselves in Christ, is in Romans 13, verse 14. Think about that for a minute. We clothe ourselves in Christ. We put on our new self, Colossians 3. We put on compassion. We put on kindness. We put on patience. And that's something I have to do daily, by the way. The patience one. Horribly impatient. Hmm? Am I the only one? Yeah. Waiting for a train. Train's been cancelled. Delayed. It's the fourth time that week. What do you do? Onto Twitter. And yet Colossians 3 says we must put on patience. This is the clothing that Paul is talking about. Go to Revelation. Oh, my word. There we get the full expression of spiritual clothing. White raiment, saints given white robes and crowns, fine linen, bright and pure, stunning clothing, but it is spiritual clothing. Finally, this is about restoration. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, they, bless you, they were pure, they were in a pure state. They were communing with God on a daily basis. And then they did something they weren't meant to do. So what did they do? Clue? (laughs) Hmm? Yeah. They took leaves from the fig tree and they sewed it together to cover their nakedness. Now, if you feel this, I'm not going to, this is actually from my fig tree. 
you know, not very, you know, not the right colour. Jesus restores us. Adam and Eve, they were naked and ashamed. And they clothed themselves in leaves. Jesus restores us through his blood because of his sacrifice. We go from leaves to fine raiment. We go from leaves to shiny clothes with crowns. What struck me, and I know I'm over time now, what struck me on this fig tree business last night, and this really are the figs. And what happens is the leaf, and the fig sits right at the join of the leaf. Yeah? And I thought, They missed a trick. Adam and Eve took the leaf, but actually the fruit was left. And the fruit doesn't look very good, does it? Yeah? But what happens when we cut the fruit? You see, the seed is inside, the flower is inside, the tasty stuff is inside, and they had settled for the leaf. It couldn't give them life, it couldn't give them salvation or a way out of the predicament they had. And yet they left the fig. And I've been thinking, this fig is the symbol. We look at it from the outside, and it doesn't look very appetizing, does it? But by faith, we have to take it from the tree. We have to open it up for the fruit, for the flower inside that gives sustenance and life. And to me, this is very much like Jesus. In us, as we come to salvation, as we come to the cross, and we accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he enters in. We are restored. We put down our fig leaves and our nakedness, and we inherit fine raiment, washed in the blood of the lamb. He is our invisibility cloak that because of Christ, we may enter the very throne room of grace. And where we started out in Genesis, we now have restoration the clothing, we are no longer found naked. But we enter in to our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And it is like this fig. 
It is within us. The Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can grow and flourish and become all that God wants us to be. And it comes back to what are we wearing? What are we wearing? Are we wearing anger, frustration? And the one thing the Lord put on my heart was shame. We put those things on ourselves. He has forgiven your shame. He has forgiven your guilt. If you have confessed it and you have repented, it is gone. It is gone. But are we putting on daily Christ Jesus? Are we swapping our fig leaf for a robe and crown? Let's pray. Oh, Father, I just want to thank you that your word is so rich. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you give us this this chance to see things differently, Lord. That you give us the gift of eternal life. That you... Through your Holy Spirit, give us a taste of heaven. I want to thank you that when we die, we we are birthed into life, eternal life. I want to thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit as well to help us live by faith and not by sight. I want to thank you, Father, that you stir in our hearts the burden for mankind. That you teach us to be merciful and kind and forgiving. You teach us to love with um, each other just as you, Father, have loved us first. I want to thank you that you restore us. You restore us. Help us to put on you, Jesus, every day. Every day. Help us to put down anger, frustration, guilt, our pain, our lack of faith some days. Help us to put down our mumbling and our groanings and to put on compassion, kindness, patience, love, peace. Thank you that you have restored us. That even now, through the power of your Holy Spirit, we can join all of heaven in worshipping you. Help us to lay down our fig leaves.